Um, morning. Thanks for letting me come. I usually have a guitar in my hand or a knife in my hand, usually not a microphone. Um, I think God made that for a reason. Um, but before we get started, Brendan Todd, I want to introduce my wife and son, my family. The, all the ooing you've been hearing is my son. So Omar, you can hold him up like Lion King. Yeah, that's my, that's my son. The, the, the fun thing about my son is anytime we go shopping, somebody would say, man, your daughter's really pretty. And I'm like, Thanks. And I said, he's a boy. They said, he's too pretty to be a boy. And I don't know if that's a compliment, um, but he's pretty handsome, and we're pretty proud of that. So that's the funniest thing about our son. Uh, before I get into barbecue and, and where my life is now, I think the best way to get to it is to explain kind of how God, how God brought me there, all the, the framing and, and seeing how God built us in my family in college. And so when I was a kid, um, we talked about music, and usually I'm playing on the on the stage or uh, 24-7 sometimes. But when I was a kid, my mother played piano, my uncle played guitar, my grandmother played piano and sang, and my grandpa would just, he had that low bass voice you hear like in the gospel stuff. And so I'm a kid traveling to my family, they're playing at churches, and I really fell in love with music. I mean, music was my passion. I'm a kid sitting next to my grandma. If it was in the key of C, I was allowed to hit the white note. Right, just over and over during service. She never cared, and uh, that's when I started to, to get the love for music. And so, growing up, man, I wanted to play guitar. Guitar is my thing. You could not get the guitar out of my hand. It would drive my parents crazy in the house. Then I'm in youth group, and seeing how my family led worship, I developed that love for for worship. So in the youth group, I'm I'm playing guitar. Again, I can't sing. I realized really young that I cannot sing for anything. It was super embarrassing, and I tried. Um, but I just learned that God gave me the passion for guitar and the skill for it, and so that's, that's where I stayed. Being involved in church and being in the youth group, I developed a love for the church. And I started thinking, man, when I grow up, like, I want to be in church. That's where I want to be. And so given that passion from God, I started thinking, well, maybe I'm supposed to be a pastor. You know, I, I, I love being in church. Um, I spoke a couple times in youth group. And so I realized that God called me to ministry, but I, I let it stop there. I, I realized, okay, I love church. I want to be in ministry. God gave me a passion for it. So I'm going to be a pastor. And, and right then, I put God in a box. Because I have the mindset as a youth kid, when you're in church and you think ministry, you only think about the stuff that you see. So I remember standing in front of my church, and, you know, I don't know if it happens in bigger cities like Nacogdoches, but when I, in my little town, when somebody surrenders to the ministry, it's a big deal. It's almost like a homecoming parade, right? So I'm in the church, and everybody's there, and the deacons are praying for me, and I'm 16 years old, and I'm thinking, man, I just told everybody I'm going to be a pastor at 16 years old. So I'm, I'm kind of stuck doing that now because everybody just prayed for it. Um, come to college, and that changed. And I, I felt a little bit of shame learning that I wasn't going to be a pastor, and we're going to dive into that. Um, but in college, I, I stayed in worship because I knew that that's where God gifted me. And so I did BSM, and that's where I met my wife. And again, the frustrating part about not singing is when I'm called to lead worship, because at BSM, I was the creative coordinator. Y'all know it's 24-7. Back then, was that 10 years ago? Yeah, I'm old, guys. <laughs> John James made that point to me earlier. He said, hey, you need to talk about yourself because nobody here knows you. It's like, cool, I'm old, I'm old. 
Um, but back then, it was Crave. It's in the same room y'all have it now in the BSM. And I was the coordinator. And it's weird being the worship leader and not singing. That was, it didn't fit in my mind. And But I was given the opportunity. Gary said, hey, we want you to be a coordinator. And, you know, Emily walks in. And I, I learned really fast. I mean, she tried out that night. She was a freshman. I was a sophomore. And she sang, and I was like, man, this girl's really pretty, and she could sing. And then little did I know that that Emily was my Aaron. So with Moses, he had trouble speaking, or he was just nervous to speak. And God provided Aaron for that. And that's when God showed me that God provided my wife, Emily, to be my singer. So I get to lead the band. I get to do the organization, the discipling. And then Emily gets to be my voice in front of the microphone. Um, I think it's just cool how God pairs people together and allows that to happen. So I'm in the BSM, serving in BSM. We formed a band, and again, maybe I'll know it, December Tide, kind of a big deal. Oh, <laughs> well, her brother was the drummer, so. <laughs> he took that away from me really fast. Um, but th- that grew, and that that was not expected, but, I mean, we were like a legit band. We had a van. We did some tours. Um, maybe, maybe, again, you may listen to Tripoli. Is that a thing? Okay. I got to open for that guy. Jimmy Needham. Okay. For me, the big deal was Stellar Cart. Anybody know Stellar Cart? Yeah. I'm old. I'm old. John Jay. Okay, so youth group. Stellar Cart was a big deal. We got to open for that band. I got to share a green room with those guys, and I was, like, on top of the world, right? And I'm thinking, okay, so this is it. I'm, I'm leading worship. We've got this band. This is what God's calling me to. I'm not going to be a pastor, but I still get to be in ministry, and this is what I'm doing full time. And then we learned as a band that we were trying too hard to get out of Nacogdoches. So we're, we're thinking, okay, we're going to do this full time. We need to get our name out there, uh, do bigger events. And we were skipping the fact that, that God had us at SFA, and we were trying so hard to get out of Nacogdoches, get out of SFA, and serve all these other churches, which are not bad things. I mean, if God gives you opportunity and calls you to do it, go do it. But we were ignoring where God had home for us. And so as a band, we decided we were going to stick to Nacogdoches. We were going to quit doing the touring thing, quit doing camps. And because this time, 24-7 had just started. So we were the, we were the first house band for 24-7. And it's really cool to see the faithfulness that God had in that. Um, because just seeing the fruit in it from, from abandoning something that we knew that we were called away from. And to see 24-7 now and even be talking about it, it, it really is surreal. Um, so we're at 24-7, and now we're graduating. And so the things I've learned is that um, God did not necessarily call me to be a pastor, but he gave me the opportunity to be a worship leader. And I got stuck in that box. So let's say I put God in that box of how he was going to use me. But then we start getting called out of that because now we're graduating. The funny thing is that I got a degree in public speaking and business. Ironic, because I mumble, like, all the time. Thanks for laughing. So all of our friends are graduating. And in college, and I think you all experience it, is that when we graduate, we're so fast to think about the next step. Okay, when I graduate, I'm going to go do this. God's going to have this for me. I'm going to work at this place. But we're ignoring where God had me today and where God put me now. So my wife and I, we're thinking, you know, we're thinking we're going to move to Arkansas. Hot Springs, Arkansas is kind of where the end line. Yeah, see, it's a beautiful town. It really is a little bit prettier than Nacogdoches. I'll, I'll say it, but but we love Nacogdoches. Um, 
so yeah, we're thinking about hot springs, but it just didn't sit well in our hearts. Because the first thing we thought about was if we leave if we leave Nacogdoches, we're gonna leave our church, which is where God called us to. We didn't have peace leaving about Fredonia Hill. That's something we experienced together because like everybody's leaving, we think we have to leave too. But when we thought about leaving, just we, we got so sad about leaving Fredonia Hill because God called us here eight years ago. And so I'm out of college, I'm working at Chick-fil-A, and I'm thinking, okay, well, here's a Christian company, and here's a business, and I've learned over the years, I'm really good at administration, I'm good at managing, so this is what God's called me to now, right? You, you see, I'm, I'm formulating everything in my head, I'm, I'm deciding what God's doing, and I'm trying to make it happen. So I can be a part of a business, I can be in ministry, because it's a big Christian company, so that kind of fits in that mold for me, but I learned really fast being chick play for seven years. I don't think if y'all know this, but if you can grow a beard like this and having to shave it every day for seven years, it takes a toll on a guy. Like, it may, I would be depressed. I see people with beards and just don't shave it. Like, you don't understand what you have. But I'm thinking I'm going to own a Chick-fil-A. And, but if I owned a Chick-fil-A, that means I would have to leave Nacogdoches, leave Fredonia Hill. And I had the opportunity. I was, I was as high as I could go at Chick-fil-A without owning it. So I was meeting with corporate and kind of getting my foot in the door, which was really exciting because it's really hard to own a Chick-fil-A. Uh, but, but God said, no, I, I told you I want you to be a Nacogdoches. I called you to Fredonia Hill. So if I left Chick-fil-A, that means no Nacogdoches, no Fredonia Hill. I can't ever grow a beard. I can't get more tattoos. Those are my four points, right? So then I go visit my friends in Austin, and we go to a place called Franklin Barbecue. And that is where everything opened up. So you get in line at 7.30 in the morning just to eat at 12. There's like 500 people in line. And I walk in, and there's a big slab of meat, and this guy's cutting it. And I swear, he treated me like I was the only guy in the restaurant. I was like, man, this guy must have worked at Chick-fil-A because we are legit in customer service. Like, you can't beat us. This guy's pretty good. He's got a beard. He's got tattoos. He's cutting meat. I, I love these things. I remember as a kid, um, we were in a magazine earlier, and they asked me why food. And I, I told them, I was that kid when I had four older brothers, and on Sundays, they're all watching football, and I'm bored. Like, I hate football. I am not a sports guy. I love playing sports, but I can't watch it for anything. I was ready for Emerald Lagasse to come on Food Network, and that's what I waited for. Every Sunday was the Food Network. Even to this day, I just do YouTube Food Network stuff, barbecue, food, cooking. I am a foodie guy. Uh, so we come home, and I get to, my cousin's getting married, and my family said, hey, you want to cook barbecue? And I was like, yes, I want to do that. I don't know how to do that, but I'm going to do it. And so I YouTube for hours and burnt a lot of meat until I figured it out. And so we catered a wedding, and the food was pretty dang good. I mean, people started calling, and that's where it started. That's where Brenda's Barbecue started. So it grew into a catering company because if you cater a wedding, it's like 200 people. Somebody there is going to catch a bouquet and get married, right? I got the phone call to cater that wedding, and it kept happening, kind of by accident. And so I'm, I'm managing Chick-fil-A probably 50, 60 hours a week. And on this side, I have a, we now own a catering company. And, and it was more of just fun, but I, I knew that this was going somewhere. And, and then that grew and got to a point where I couldn't do both. And I realized, okay, if I do barbecue, like, this is, this is a passion now that God's given me. I get to stay in Nacogdoches. I get to stay at Fredonia Hill. I get to grow a beard. I get to have tattoos. I think we're going to do barbecue, right? <laughs> um, so we did. And, 
and and we're gonna get into things as to like what that took. But um asked the question, why start my own business? And this is what I learned at Chick-fil-A and at Franklin and other businesses is that particular businesses, they create something that brings people together. And it's something that they got to create with a passion. So with restaurants, it brings community together. And that's something we're passionate about, especially being here for Donia. Uh, I like creating things that others can enjoy and be proud of. When somebody, when y'all, because I expect all of y'all to be in my, my food trailer this week, when you come and eat it and I see people smile, or I see people sitting at a table with their family and laughing and eating and dipping in sauce, I'm really proud of that because I got to create an experience for them to enjoy together. And the last part is why I'd start my own business is that God gifted me with it. He gave me a passion for leadership and management, and I learned that through the band, through BSM, through high school, and through managing Chick-fil-A. I realized like this is a skill that God's given me, right? And we're called to use our skills. And that's why when I start pressing into the Lord, I'm realizing that I can be in vocation. I don't have to be in a ministry, employed by ministry to do ministry. And honestly, guys, the church doesn't survive on just pastors. It, it survives on the body, like literally financially. Like we have to work for the church to survive to pay the bills. And that really clicked with me. So my expectation of how God was going to use me was really narrow. He revealed to me that the passion for food was no accident, but that I could use my passion for food for his glory. Uh, and if we even go in scripture, I get really excited about food in scripture. And if you think about it, God uses food a lot. I mean, he, he made it rain manna. Like, he made food rain from the sky. Now, again, being old, I feel like I'm not that old, but y'all don't understand these references I'm making. The movie Shazam with Shaquille O'Neal. Okay. Yeah, Case, yeah. He, like, <laughs> Case, we're old, dude. Yeah. So, like, he, he has three wishes, this kid. Shaquille O'Neal is his genie. And he says, I want it to rain junk food from here to the sky. And it's, like, a 10-foot pizza. And there's just food in this warehouse that just raining. And I think, like, God did that, like, with the Israelites. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's food. Um, with Peter, I mean, God allowed Peter to dream about food, which I do all the time. I eat in my, I eat in my sleep sometimes. I'll wake up, like, chewing something because I dreamed about it. But with Peter, right, if we go back and with Peter's experience, Peter dreamed and this, this white blanket comes down and there's food on it. And God used food and a vision for Peter to show him that the food, which was then considered unclean, is now clean. And we have freedom. Because of that dream, I can sell pork butts and pork ribs, the stuff that we couldn't eat back then, right? That's funny. Um, here we go. Uh, At Passover. Um, if you've ever done Passover, we used food to remember the bitterness that the Israelites had in slavery. But we also used food to show us the sweetness and the redemption that we have in Jesus. Let's talk about Jesus. Jesus broke bread with his disciples. The last meal that they had together, you know, that's his last moment with his, with his guys, with his disciples. They, they have a meal together. And he uses that food to teach them what's about to happen. This is my bread. Uh, this is my body. Right, this is bread doing remembrance of me. Same with the wine and the blood. And then Jesus, what did he refer to himself as? What food does Jesus call himself? Bread, bread of life. Yeah. So being a believer in Jesus, and then a business owner, here's the things I'm called to, and here's some points, and we'll go through them. But I'm called to have faith. I'm called to have stewardship. I'm called to lead by serving. 
I'm called to have discernment, and I'm called to have a vision. Um, so I do need some volunteers to read some scripture. So if somebody can read Matthew 14, 25 through 33, not now, but get it ready. Volunteer means volunteer. Mm-hmm. Well, Matthew 14, verse 25 through 33. And then somebody can get Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. Somebody going to take that one? Awesome. Thanks, buddy. Uh, Romans 12, 2. Thank you. And then last one, John 5, 19. Okay. All right. Um, so, Matthew, who's going to read Matthew? You can go ahead and do it. Hmm? You can read from the screen if you want to. Oh, yeah. Hey, I thought it'd be fun to put my food behind the scripture, right? <laughs> like, usually it's like, you know, in churches, it's, it's oceans and it's winds and it's skies. I put a brisket. So, kind of makes me more comfortable. I'm in my zone now. See, that's my thing. That's my baby up there. All right, and go ahead. So immediately we see that when Peter sees Jesus walking, it was really easy for Peter to get on the water, right? It's easy to have faith when, when the answer is right in front of you. But then when Peter's going a little bit, it gets rocky. And as, as soon as it gets rocky, man, he doubted. And what's the next thing that happened? He started sinking. I experienced that every single day in my trailer. I mean, that, that, that's me, right? It's obvious how God has provided for me. And, and seeing the fruit of being obedient to that, Right now, I own a business, and, and that was a little seed that God gave me to keep coming after that. But I still doubt. Every day when I open my window, there's usually, you know, no cars there. And so I start freaking out, like, man, is somebody going to buy a barbecue today? Like, am I going to be able to provide for my family? But he always does. And, the, you know, the Israelites, we did the same. I mean, we go back to Moses, and God did all these plagues, right, supernatural things. And then when the, when the Israelites get to the water before the sea splits, they just say, oh, well, you just brought us out here to die. That's what all that was. Right? You just we saw these things happen. Right? But now, we've had faith up till now, and it's hard. We're about to die. That, that's me every day. So having a business, having a business you got to have faith. Um, Peter lost it when the time came for him to be more obedient. And so that's, that's one thing I want you all to take away is that um, keep the faith. Keep, keep having faith. And when it gets hard, you got to press harder, right? Don't let faith just be a surface-level thing. Don't let it just be something you see. Faith is, believing is what we don't see. So let's go to stewardship, and I'm going to read the Matthew 25, 14 through 30. And this is about the talents. Again, it would be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, another one bag, each according to his ability. 
Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once, put his money to work, and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags who gained two more. But the man who had received one bag dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned, settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags brought the other five. And the master, uh, he said, you entrust me with five of gold. See that I've gained five more. And the master replied, well done, good and faithful servant, which is what we all want to hear when we get to heaven. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came, said, Master, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. He said, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And then we got the other servant. The one who received one bag of gold came. Master, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering, where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, right? Didn't have faith. And went out and hid your gold in the ground. See where, see, here it is what belongs to you. Then the master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold, give it to the guy who had ten. And throw the worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Being a business owner, and honestly, guys, all these points apply to all of us, any vocation that you're in. But it's about stewardship. Notice that the master was equally proud of the first two servants. Even Even though one guy had more and doubled it, it's not about the quantity necessarily. It's about what God's given you and what you're doing with it. So owning my business, it's a daily thing. I'm, am I stewarding this business well? This is, this is what God's given me, right? It was a catering company with a little bitty trailer came behind my truck. Uh, I believe wholeheartedly that we used that. And God gave us the opportunity, and we grew that into a big trailer to where that catering business didn't provide for just my family. But now, my, me and my wife is working. We had no baby. Now I've got a, I've got a food business that allows my wife to be at home. And provides for all three of us. So I'm seeing through my faith and by stewardship that God is, is doubling my things. And as long as we're stewarding that, he will give you more. And obviously the goal is to not be the third servant, right? I mean, the guy was thrown into darkness with their gnashing of teeth. And obviously this, this parable is also about faith, right? So it's, it's about bearing fruit. Uh, let's go on to lead by serving Philippians 2. Verses 3 and 4, if you want to read that for me. Right. So my business is not just for me, right? If, if I want to be a true leader, a true business owner, I have to think about all the people that trust me. And like Jesus, is that I need to lead by serving, by putting myself below them. So my business for my family, I just said that my wife and my son depend on my work ethic so that that she can fulfill her passion of being a mother and raising her son. My employees depend on me, right? The beauty of owning a business in Nacogdoches is that I have now provided something that they can come and they can have a job to where they can provide for themselves or they're in college or if they don't want to do it full time, right? They depend on me for that. And so the daily decisions really task on me to serve them so that 
they have those needs and that they can fill those needs. Obviously, my customers, my customers, y'all depend on me. I mean, you put your health in my hands, right? So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's a big deal. And but also, it just comes to customer service. I mean, that's not just a sales point; like it's a true thing, right? If the customers need to be served, um, and and that's about providing a good experience, right? So that they can have community, they can be together and enjoy their time. And I'm also partnered with other business owners. They, they depend on me. They depend on me to manage my business so that their business can grow as well. Uh, let's move on to discernment, which is Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It takes daily decisions to keep the business going. And, and if there's anything I've learned about discernment is that if I'm not renewing my mind, and if I'm not, if, I mean, gosh, the hardest decisions come, um, but if, if I don't have the discernment, then those hard decisions are even harder. But I have learned that if I filter my, my decisions through a mindset that Christ has given me, it makes those, deci- those hard decisions a lot easier to make. And, and guys, this is the truth. Owning a business and working business means I have to fire people. That, that's not fun. You know how hard it is for a Christian to fire another Christian? I've experienced it. Um, but it's through discernment that those experiences, you know, when we've had to let people go, I know it's getting really dark here, but, but I've seen them go and do better things than, than where they were working for me at Chick-fil-A. Um, it's because it, it was the right thing to do, and that was us serving them. But it's discernment. I mean, daily. I have to make daily decisions to keep the business going. It's not just I just push a button and the thing takes off. It is daily work, daily keeping my mindset like Christ. That can make the right decisions that glorify him. Because at the end of the day, we're all here to glorify God. If my business is just Brenda's barbecue and that's it, I have gained nothing. Because when I die, that's staying here. It's just going to turn to rust. It's going to be gone. The last one is going to be vision. Um, it's something who read John five nineteen. In discipleship school, this is the biggest thing that I took away was Jesus' vision, because like she just read, Jesus said that I do nothing unless I've seen the Father do it first. And later on, um, side note, and this blew my mind, is that when Jesus left the Holy Spirit, he told the disciples that they would do greater things that he did. And that, you know, as a kid, I keep thinking, like, we can never be Jesus, right? Um, We can never do better things. But Jesus said, no, I'm leaving you the Holy Spirit, the power, the same power I had, and you're going to do greater things than I did, right? Because, Because it wasn't, Yes, it was Jesus, but it was obedience to God the Father. And that was his vision. He only did what he saw the Father do. So there's a picture of my vision, and it's in our trailer. And it's where only me and my, my employees can see it. Oh, we got that pulled up. Um, when it comes up. If not, it's okay. But in our trailer, above the window, it says... Be a legacy through opportunity and loyalty. There it is. 
right? And you see legacy, opportunity, and loyalty. Those things, when I was praying about God, okay, what is my business for? What things I want to accomplish? What, what is my discernment? Every decision I make, I filter through that statement. And it has never, never done me wrong. Legacy, opportunity, and loyalty. We see that Jesus had that. Um, the last little thing, and I love this too. If you want to show the next picture, this is my other vision. That's my son. So, um, yeah, those hard days when, like, nobody's coming to the trailer and maybe it's just raining and it's slow, or I'm just, I'm exhausted, and I ask myself, like, man, can I do this anymore? Like the legacy, and then we see that. And, and God uses that to tell me that he's provided for me. He's going to provide for my son. Just keep having faith. Keep working hard. Um, but like Jesus, right? So Jesus' legacy we all know his legacy. If you look at any figure that you love reading about in the Bible, you you remember their legacy. They've done something through obedience that you're remembering because they took an opportunity and they had loyalty. So Jesus took every opportunity. I remember uh, reading with his garment. A lady touched his garment. Unexpected. Jesus walking, but he stops. He took the opportunity to let her know that she has been healed and she has been saved. Um, and loyalty all the way to his death. Right, Jesus, before he died, he he goes off by himself, and he says, "God, if you can, if it's your will, take this cup from me. But if not, your will be done." That's loyalty, right? That was a hard opportunity, but because of his vision, because of of him pursuing this legacy that he knew he had to leave behind and keep doing to this day. I, I love when people we we read about Jesus and we think about him dying and coming back. We forget that Jesus is physically, like in heaven right now, preparing for us a new home, right? Let's not sign up. Let's not remember that, that Jesus is alive. Uh, even with Paul, so we were reading Philippians earlier, and at that time, Paul is in prison, and he's telling them, like, he's telling the church, I long to be with y'all, but my, my literal chains right now, these chains are for Christ. So, so Paul is at this time serving where God has put him, and, and that's what I'm really trying to, I want you all to take home is that think about where God has you now. Be loyal to that and serve God through that. And Moses did the same. Um, when the Israelites were down in Aaron, they lost faith and they start making a golden calf. And uh, Moses is up on the mountain and God says, Moses, your people are acting a fool and I'm going to kill them. Uh, I think about Moses' loyalty where he says, God, if anything, kill me. Like, spare them. Let me go down. Let me, let me try to resolve this. Um, those are just the basic, best examples that stick in my mind daily of, of loyalty and taking the opportunity to serve. Um, and the last thing is that, honestly, whenever I'm gone, I want people to hate, or when I'm gone, like after I die, even now, right? I want people to say, man, like Brendan, that guy from Brendan's Barbecue, He's passionate about Jesus, and he has really good barbecue. If the word's going around town that, that Brendan has really good barbecue, and he also goes to church, I feel, like I've, I feel like I've lost, right? Because everything we do is for the glory of God. And so my challenge to y'all is to not put God in a box like I did, right? It's, it's okay if, if you really want to be in ministry, but you know what that looks like? Pursue that. And be okay if it's not being a pastor or being serving in the church. And, hey, if you're called to be a pastor, I am so proud of you because I wanted that. Um, so, man, 
Blessings to y'all. Uh, but don't, don't put God in a box like I did. Don't, don't limit him. And just wherever he has you then, don't be thinking about tomorrow, how, how is God going to use me next week or this next stage in life? Think about where God has you now and how you can be loyal to that. Um, before I close in prayer, do you have any questions, any comments? Okay, cool. Nobody want to ask me what the secret recipe was. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to pray, and then we got some uh, final announcements. So. God, I thank you truly for giving me the opportunity to speak. Um, it was not expected. And I know that's something that you called me away from a long time ago, but I'm thankful that today you gave me uh, the one chance to do it. God, I pray for us in the room that um, that we are loyal to where you have us now and that we commit to the Holy Spirit, that we are obedient to that, that we are open-minded. I pray for today's service. I, I thank you, Lord, for the baptism that is coming. God, we give you all the glory for that. Uh, what a beautiful thing to see somebody just just show that they love you, Jesus, and that they are here to serve you. And God, we give you glory for all this in your name. Amen.